Chapter One of History of the Reformation in the Sixteenth Century, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christopher Smith. Book Five, Chapter One The Discussion of Leipzig, fifteen hundred and nineteen luther's dangers god saves luther the pope sends a chamberlain the legate's journey briefs of rome circumstances favourable to the reformation miltitz with spalatin tetzel's terror caresses of miltitz a recantation demanded luther refuses but offers to be silent agreement between luther and the nuncio the legate's embrace Tetzel overwhelmed by the legate, Luther to the Pope, nature of the Reformation, Luther against separation, De Vio and Miltitz at Treves, Luther's cause extends in different countries, Luther's writings on the commencement of the Reformation. Dangers had gathered round Luther and the Reformation. The doctor of Wittenberg's appeal to a general council was a new attack on papal authority. By a bull of Pius II, the greater excommunication had been denounced even against emperors who should dare to incur the guilt of such a revolt. Frederick of Saxony, as yet imperfectly confirmed in evangelical doctrine, was prepared to send Luther away from his states and hence a new message from leo might have thrown the reformer among strangers who would be afraid to compromise themselves by receiving a monk whom rome had anathematized and even should the sword of some noble be drawn in his defence mere knights unable to cope with the powerful princes of germany must soon have succumbed in the perilous enterprise but at the moment when all the courtiers of leo x were urging him to rigorous measures and when one blow more might have placed his adversary in his hands the pope suddenly changed his course to one of conciliation and apparent mildness it may be said no doubt that he was under a delusion as to the elector's feelings and deemed them more decided in luther's favour than they really were it may also be admitted that the public voice and the spirit of the age powers which at this time were altogether new seemed to throw an impregnable barrier around the reformer it may even be supposed with one of leo's biographers that he followed the promptings of his mind and heart which inclined to gentleness and moderation still this new mode of action on the part of rome at such a moment is so extraordinary that it is impossible not to recognize in it a higher and mightier hand there was then at the court of rome a saxon noble who was chamberlain to the pope and canon of mentz treves and meissen he had turned his talents to advantage as he boasted of being in some degree allied to the saxon princes the roman courtiers sometimes designated him by the title of duke of saxony in italy he made an absurd display of his german nobility while in germany he aped the manners and polish of the italians he was given to wine a vice which his residence at the court of rome had increased still the roman courtiers hoped great things from him his german extraction 
his insinuating address and his ability in negotiation all led them to expect that charles de miltitz this was his name would by his prudence succeed in arresting the mighty revolution which was threatening to shake the world it was of importance to conceal the true object of the chamberlain's mission and in this there was no difficulty four years before the pious elector had applied to the pope for the golden rose this rose the fairest of flowers was emblematic of the body of jesus christ and being annually consecrated by the sovereign pontiff was presented to one of the first princes in europe on this occasion it was resolved to send it to the elector miltitz set out with a commission to examine into the state of affairs and to gain over the elector's counsellors spalatin and pfeffinger for whom he had special letters rome hoped that by securing the favour of the persons about the prince she would soon become the mistress of her formidable adversary the new legate who arrived in germany in december fifteen hundred and eighteen was careful as he came along to ascertain the state of public opinion to his great astonishment he observed at every place where he stopped that the majority of the inhabitants were friendly to the reformation and spoke of luther with enthusiasm for one person favourable to the pope there were three favourable to the reformer luther has preserved an anecdote of the journey what think you of the sea or seat of rome frequently asked the legate at the mistresses of the inns and their maidservants one day one of these poor women with great simplicity replied how can we know what kind of seats you have at rome and whether they are of wood or stone the mere rumour of the new legate's arrival filled the elector's court the university the town of wittemberg and all saxony with suspicion and distrust thank god wrote melancthon in alarm martin still breathes it was confidently stated that the roman chamberlain had received orders to possess himself of luther's person by force or fraud and the doctor was advised on all hands to be on his guard against the stratagems of miltitz his object in coming said they is to seize you and give you up to the pope persons worthy of credit have seen the briefs of which he is the bearer i await the will of god replied luther in fact miltitz brought letters addressed to the elector and his counsellors to the bishops and to the burgomaster of wittemberg he was also provided with seventy apostolic briefs should the flattery and the favours of rome attain their object and frederick deliver luther into her hands these seventy briefs were to serve as a kind of passports he was to produce and post up one of them in each of the towns through which he had to pass and hoped he might thus succeed in dragging his prisoner without opposition all the way to rome the pope seemed to have taken every precaution the electoral court knew not well what course to take violence would have been resisted but the difficulty was to oppose the chief of christianity when speaking with so much mildness and apparently with so much reason would it not be the best plan it was said to place luther somewhere in concealment until the storm was over an unexpected event relieved luther the elector and the reformation from this difficult situation the aspect of affairs suddenly changed on the twelfth of january fifteen hundred and nineteen maximilian the emperor of germany died 
and frederick of saxony agreeably to the germanic constitution became regent of the empire from this time the elector feared not the schemes of nuncios while new interests began to engross the court of rome interests which obliging her to be chary of giving offence to frederick arrested the blow which miltitz and de vio were undoubtedly meditating the pope earnestly desired to prevent charles of austria already king of naples from ascending the imperial throne a neighbouring king appeared to him more formidable than a german monk and in his anxiety to secure the elector who might be of essential service to him in the matter he resolved to give some respite to the monk that he might be the better able to oppose the king both however advanced in spite of him in addition to the change thus produced in leo there was another circumstance which tended to avert the storm impending over the reformation the death of the emperor was immediately followed by political commotions in the south of the empire the swabian confederation sought to punish ulrich of wurtemberg for his infidelity to it while in the south the bishop of hildesheim proceeded sword in hand to invade the bishopric of minden and the territories of the duke of brunswick how could men in power amid such disturbances attach any importance to a dispute relating to the remission of sins but above all the reputation for wisdom enjoyed by the elector now regent of the empire and the protection which he gave to the new teachers were made subservient by providence to the progress of the reformation the tempest says luther intermitted its fury and papal excommunication began to fall into contempt the gospel under the shade of the elector's regency spread far and wide and in this way great damage was sustained by the papacy moreover the severest prohibitions were naturally mitigated during an interregnum in everything there was more freedom and greater facility of action liberty which began to shed its rays on the infant reformation rapidly developed the still tender plant and any one might have been able to predict how favourable political freedom would prove to the progress of evangelical christianity Miltitz, having arrived in Saxony before the death of Maximilian, lost no time in visiting his old friend Spalatin, but no sooner did he begin his complaint against Luther than the chaplain made an attack upon Tetzel, acquainting the nuncio with the lies and blasphemies of the vendor of indulgences, and assuring him that all Germany blamed the Dominican for the division which was rending the church. Miltitz was taken by surprise instead of accuser he had become the accused turning all his wrath upon tetzel he summoned him to appear at altenburg and give an account of his conduct the dominican as great a coward as a bully and afraid of the people whom he had provoked by his impostures had ceased his peregrinations over town and country and was living in retirement in the college of st paul he grew pale on receiving the letter of miltitz even rome is abandoning threatening and condemning him is insisting on dragging him from the only asylum in which he feels himself in safety and exposing him to the fury of his enemies tetzel refused to obey the nuncio's summons assuredly wrote he to miltitz on the thirty-first of december fifteen hundred and eighteen i would not regard the fatigues of the journey if i could leave leipzig without endangering my life 
but the augustine martin luther has so stirred up men in power and incensed them against me that i am not in safety anywhere a great number of luther's partisans have conspired my death and therefore i cannot possibly come to you there was a striking contrast between the two men the one of whom was then living in the college of st paul at leipzig and the other in the cloister of the augustines at wittemberg in the presence of danger the servant of god displayed intrepid courage the servant of men despicable cowardice miltitz had orders in the first instance to employ the arms of persuasion and it was only in the event of failure that he was to produce his seventy briefs and at the same time endeavour by all the favours of rome to induce the elector to put down luther he accordingly expressed a desire to have an interview with the reformer their common friend spalatin offered his house for this purpose and luther left wittemberg on the second or third of january to repair to altenburg at this interview miltitz exhausted all the address of a diplomatist and a roman courtier the moment luther arrived the nuncio approached him with great demonstrations of friendship oh thought luther how completely his violence is turned into gentleness this new saul came into germany provided with more than seventy apostolic briefs to carry me alive and in chains to murderous rome but the lord has cast him down on the way dear martin said the pope's chamberlain to him in a coaxing tone i thought you were an old theologian sitting quietly behind your stove and stuffed with theological crotchets but i see that you are still young and in the full vigour of life do you know continued he in a more serious tone that you have stirred up the whole world against the pope and attached it to yourself miltitz was aware that to flatter men's pride is the most effectual mode of seducing them but he knew not the man with whom he had to do had i an army of twenty-five thousand men added he assuredly i would not undertake to seize you and carry you off to rome rome notwithstanding of her power felt herself feeble in the presence of a poor monk and the monk felt strong in the presence of rome god said luther arrests the billows of the ocean at the shore and arrests them by the sand the nuncio thinking he had thus prepared the mind of his opponent continued as follows do you yourself bind up the wound which you have inflicted on the church and which you alone could cure beware added he letting a few tears fall beware of raising a tempest which would bring ruin on christendom he then began gradually to insinuate that a recantation was the only remedy for the evil but he at the same time softened the offensiveness of the term by giving luther to understand that he had the highest esteem for him and by expressing his indignation at tetzel the net was laid by a skilful hand and how was it possible to avoid being taken in it had the archbishop of mentz spoken thus to me at the outset said the reformer afterwards this affair would not have made so much noise luther then replied with calmness but also with dignity and force he stated the just grievances of the church 
expressed all the indignation he felt at the archbishop of mentz and nobly complained of the unworthy treatment he had received from rome notwithstanding of the purity of his intentions miltitz though he had not expected this firm language was able however to conceal his wrath luther resumed i offer to be silent in future as to these matters and let the affair die out of itself provided my opponents are also silent but if they continue to attack me a petty quarrel will soon beget a serious combat my armour is quite ready i will do still more added he after a momentary pause i will write to his holiness acknowledging that i have been somewhat too violent and declaring that it was as a faithful child of the church i combated harangues which subjected her to mockery and insult from the people i even consent to publish a document in which i will request all who read my books not to see anything in them averse to the roman church but to remain subject to her yes i am disposed to do everything and bear everything but as to retraction never expect it from me luther's decided tone convinced miltitz that the wisest course was to appear satisfied with the promise which the reformer had just made and he merely proposed that an archbishop should be appointed arbiter to decide certain points which might come under discussion be it so said luther but i am much afraid that the pope will not consent to have a judge in that case no more will i accept the judgment of the pope and then the strife will begin anew the pope will give out the text and i will make the commentary thus terminated the first interview between luther and miltitz they had a second in which the truce or rather peace was signed luther immediately informed the elector of what had passed most serene prince and very gracious lord wrote he i hasten very humbly to inform your electoral highness that charles de miltitz and i have at length agreed and have terminated the affair by means of the two following articles first both parties are forbidden to preach or write or to do anything further in reference to the dispute which has arisen secondly miltitz will immediately acquaint the holy father with the state of matters his holiness will order an enlightened bishop to inquire into the affair and specify the erroneous articles which i am required to retract if i am found to be in error i will retract willingly and never more do anything that may be prejudicial to the honour or authority of the holy roman church the agreement being thus made miltitz appeared quite delighted for a hundred years exclaimed he no affair has given the cardinals and roman courtiers more anxiety than this they would have given ten thousand ducats sooner than consent to its longer continuance the chamberlain of the pope made a great show of feeling before the monk of wittemberg sometimes he expressed joy at other times shed tears this display of sensibility made little impression on the reformer but he refrained from showing what he thought of it i looked as if i did not understand what we meant by these crocodile tears said he the crocodile is said to weep when it cannot seize its prey luther having accepted an invitation to supper from miltitz the host laid aside the stiffness attributed to his office while luther gave full scope to his natural gaiety 
it was a joyous repast and when the parting hour arrived the legate took the heretical doctor in his arms and kissed him a judas kiss thought luther i pretended wrote he to staupitz not to comprehend all these italian manners was this then to be in truth the kiss of reconciliation between rome and the dawning reformation miltitz hoped so and rejoiced at it for he had a nearer view than the courtiers of rome of the fearful results which the reformation might produce in regard to the papacy if luther and his opponents are silent said he to himself the dispute will be ended and rome by availing herself of favourable circumstances will regain all her ancient influence it thus seemed that the debate was drawing to a close rome had stretched out her arms and luther had apparently thrown himself into them but the reformation was the work not of man but of god the error of rome consisted in seeing the quarrel of a monk where she ought to have seen an awakening of the church the revival of christendom was not to be arrested by the kisses of a pope's chamberlain miltitz in fulfilment of the agreement which he had just concluded proceeded from altenburg to leipzig where tetzel was residing there was no occasion to shut tetzel's mouth for sooner than speak he would if it had been possible have hidden himself in the bowels of the earth but the nuncio was determined to discharge his wrath upon him immediately on his arrival at leipzig miltitz summoned the unhappy tetzel before him loaded him with reproaches accused him of being the author of the whole mischief and threatened him with the pope's displeasure nor was this all the agent of the house of fugger who was then at leipzig was confronted with him miltitz laid before the dominican the accounts of that house together with papers which he himself had signed and proved that he had squandered or stolen considerable sums the poor wretch who had stickled at nothing in his day of glory was overwhelmed by the justice of these accusations despair seized him his health gave way and he knew not where to hide his shame luther heard of the miserable condition of his old enemy and was the only person who felt for him in a letter to spalatin he says i pity tetzel nor did he confine himself to such expressions he hated not the man but his misconduct and at the moment when rome was pouring out her wrath upon him wrote to him in the most consolatory terms but all was to no purpose tetzel stung by remorse alarmed at the reproaches of his best friends and dreading the anger of the pope not long after died miserably and as was supposed of a broken heart luther in fulfilment of his promises to miltitz on the third of march wrote the following letter to the pope blessed father will your blessedness deign to turn your paternal ears which are like those of christ himself towards your poor sheep and kindly listen to its bleat what shall i do most holy father i am unable to bear the fierceness of your anger and know not how to escape from it i am asked to retract and would hasten to do so could it lead to the end which is proposed by it but owing to the persecutions of my enemies my writings have been circulated far and wide and are too deeply engraven on men's hearts to be effaced 
a recantation would only add to the dishonour of the church of rome and raise an universal cry of accusation against her most holy father i declare before god and all his creatures that i had never wished and do not now wish either by force or guile to attack the authority of the roman church or of your holiness i acknowledge that there is nothing in heaven or on the earth which ought to be put above this church unless it be jesus christ the lord of all these words might seem strange and even reprehensible in the mouth of luther did we not reflect that the light did not break in upon him all at once but by slow and progressive steps they show and this is very important that the reformation was not simply an opposition to the papacy its accomplishment was not effected by warring against this or that form or by means of this or that negative tendency opposition to the pope was only one of its secondary features its creating principle was a new life a positive doctrine jesus christ the lord of all and paramount to all to rome herself as luther says in the conclusion of his letter to this principle the revolution of the sixteenth century is truly to be ascribed it is probable that at an earlier period a letter from the monk of wittemberg positively refusing to retract would not have been allowed by the pope to pass without animadversion but maximilian was dead the topic of engrossing interest was the election of his successor and amid the political intrigues which then agitated the pontifical city luther's letter was overlooked the reformer was employing his time to better purpose than his powerful antagonist while leo x engrossed by his interests as a temporal prince was straining every nerve to prevent a dreaded neighbour from reaching the imperial throne luther was daily growing in knowledge and in faith he studied the decretals of the popes and made discoveries which greatly modified his views writing to spalatin he says i am reading the decretals of the popes and let me say it in your ear i know not whether the pope is antichrist himself or only his apostle to such a degree in these decretals is christ outraged and crucified still he continued to respect the ancient church of rome and had no thought of separating from her let the roman church said he in the explanation which he had promised miltitz to publish be honoured of god above all others on this point there cannot be a doubt st peter st paul forty-six popes and several hundred thousand martyrs have shed their blood in her bosom and there vanquished hell and the world so that the eye of god specially rests upon her although everything about her is now in a very sad condition that is no ground for separating from her on the contrary the worse things are the more firmly we should cling to her our separation is not the means by which she can be improved we must not abandon god because there is a devil nor the children of god who are still at rome because the majority are wicked no sin no wickedness can justify us in destroying charity or violating unity for charity can do all things and nothing is difficult to unity it was not luther that separated from rome but rome that separated from luther and by so doing rejected the ancient catholic faith of which he was then the representative 
nor was it luther that deprived rome of her power and compelled her bishop to descend from a usurped throne the doctrines which he announced the doctrine of the apostles again divinely proclaimed throughout the church with great force and admirable purity alone could prevail against a power by which the church had for ages been enslaved these declarations which luther published at the end of february did not fully satisfy miltitz and de vio these two vultures after both missing their prey had retired within the ancient walls of treves there seconded by the prince archbishop they hoped jointly to accomplish the object in which they had failed individually the two nuncios were aware that nothing more was to be expected from frederick now invested with supreme power in the empire they saw that luther persisted in his refusal of retraction the only plan therefore was to withdraw the heretical monk from the protection of the elector and entice him into their own neighbourhood if the reformer were once in treves in a state subject to a prince of the church he would be dexterous indeed if he got away without giving full satisfaction to the sovereign pontiff the scheme was immediately proceeded with luther said miltitz to the elector archbishop of treves has accepted your grace as arbiter call him therefore before you the elector of treves accordingly third of may wrote to the elector of saxony and requested him to send luther de vio and afterwards miltitz himself also wrote announcing that the rose of gold had arrived at augsburg at the house of fugger now thought they is the moment to strike the decisive blow but things were changed and neither frederick nor luther felt alarmed the elector understanding his new position had no longer any fear of the pope and far less of his servants the reformer seeing miltitz and de vio in concert had some idea of the fate which awaited him if he complied with their invitation everywhere says he on all hands and in all ways they seek my life besides he had requested the pope to decide but the pope engrossed with crowns and intrigues had given no answer luther thus wrote to miltitz how could i undertake the journey without an order from rome amid the troubles which shake the empire how could i face so many dangers and subject myself to so much expense i who am the poorest of men the elector of treves a man of wisdom and moderation and a friend of frederick was willing to meet his views he had no desire moreover to involve himself in the affair without being positively called upon he therefore agreed with the elector of saxony to defer the investigation till the next diet two years elapsed before this diet assembled at worms while the hand of providence successfully warded off all the dangers which threatened him luther was boldly advancing to a result of which he was not himself aware his reputation was extending the cause of truth was gaining strength and the number of the students of wittemberg among whom were the most distinguished young men in germany rapidly increased our town wrote luther can scarcely contain all who come to it and on another occasion the number of students increases out of measure like a stream overflowing its banks but germany was no longer the only country in which the voice of the reformer was heard 
it had passed the frontiers of the empire and begun to shake the foundations of the roman power in the different states of christendom frobenius the famous printer of Bâle, had published the collected works of luther which were rapidly disposed of at Bâle, even the bishop applauded luther and the cardinal of sion after reading his work exclaimed somewhat ironically and punning on his name o luther thou art a true luther a true purifier lauterer erasmus was at louvain when luther's works arrived in the netherlands the prior of the augustines of antwerp who had studied at wittemberg and according to the testimony of erasmus held true primitive christianity and many other belgians besides read them with avidity but says the scholar of rotterdam those who sought only their own interest and entertained the people with old wives fables gave full vent to their grovelling fanaticism it is not in my power says erasmus in a letter to luther to describe the emotions the truly tragic scenes which your writings have produced frobenius sent six hundred copies of the works into france and spain they were publicly sold at paris and as far as appears the doctors of sorbonne then read them with approbation it was time said several of them that those engaged in the study of the holy scriptures should speak thus freely in england the works were received with still greater eagerness spanish merchants at antwerp caused them to be translated into their native tongue and sent them into spain assuredly said pallavicini these merchants were of moorish blood calvi a learned bookseller of pavia carried a great number of copies of the works into italy and circulated them in all the transalpine towns this learned man was animated not by a love of gain but a desire to contribute to the revival of piety the vigour with which luther maintained the cause of godliness filled him with joy all the learned of italy exclaimed he will concur with me and we will see you celebrated in stanzas composed by our most distinguished poets frobenius in transmitting a copy of the publication to luther told him all these gladdening news and added i have disposed of all the copies except ten and never had so good a return other letters also informed luther of the joy produced by his works i am glad says he that the truth gives so much pleasure although she speaks with little learning and in a style so barbarous such was the commencement of the revival in the different countries of europe in all countries if we except switzerland and even france where the gospel had previously been heard the arrival of luther's writings forms the first page in the history of the reformation a printer of Baal diffused these first germs of the truth. At the moment when the Roman pontiff entertained hopes of suppressing the work in Germany, it began in France, the Netherlands, Italy, Spain, England, and Switzerland. And now, even should Rome hew down the original trunk, what would it avail? The seeds are already diffused over every soil. End of Book 5, Chapter 1